Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. All right, come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot, fast, and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. People always talk about your purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, lead with your gift and don't let your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My next guests are Bobby Brown, who is an award-winning entertainer, producer, entrepreneur, and author, and Elisa Etheridge-Brown. She is an entrepreneur, his manager, and producer. Together, they are partners in Brown Ribbon Entertainment. They serve as executive producers on two new TV projects airing on the A&E Network. Biography, Bobby Brown, and Bobby Brown, Every Little Step. Today, we will be discussing the four episodes that I recently viewed, Biography, Bobby Brown. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, the very talented duo, a power couple, Bobby Brown and Alicia Etheridge-Bound. Welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass. Hello, Rashawn. Thank you for having us. You know, I, you know what I want to see, Bobby, you know, I always like to keep that energy up. You know, it's about <laughs> energy with you, man. When the last time we connected uh, was, was Circle of Sister years ago, had the seasoning out there. I took away two packs, yes. took it home, dropped it on me, some chicken. And, brother, it was good, man. It was really, good. really good, brother. But this this whole series, Alicia, when you talk about it, because you're serving as one of the executive producers, you mentioned how your relationship, how y'all met and how played out along the way to now you have a very successful not only a marriage as a, a as a loving couple but a business couple how does that work in this world because you're also managing as well talk to us right quick yeah i think um you know positive relationships are important and when bobby and i started working together first we uh just fit perfectly on yes. uh what he was talented with and what I could execute for him. So the management side kind of worked real uh, seamlessly, Mm -hmm. which is very nice, you know, Um, obviously then getting into our personal relationship, um, Mm -hmm. we just have to find balance like everything in life. You know, we have to respect one another as individuals. We have to um, uh, support one another. And, you know, you have to find that balance, which is, important when you have home life and work life. But it's been a natural uh, progression for us to start businesses together. The Bobby Brown food line, as you mentioned, you know, and um, a lot of the projects that Bobby handles, you know, we do everything together. We um, bring our best tools to the game and we (laughs) are teammates. That's really how it works. Well, you know, when I, a key word she was saying uh, continually in her conversation that she spoke was balance. And Bobby, the word balance, I think, in this four episodes, I think a term that really 
fit you, felt like you was always trying to find your balance, your place. You know, we won't talk for a minute. It's not a quick interview, but uh, let's, let's talk about that balance, especially the first episode talks about where you grew up. And then mm-hmm. as you went through life, finding your manhood. Let's talk about that. And then she says management, which we know early on, you were t- like all of you guys were taken advantage of as kids because there was no balance. Talk about that, Bobby. Well, in the beginning of, of my career, of course, um, with New Edition, there were, you know, five eagles, you know? Right. Five people who, you know, wanted to go a certain direction, wanted to be a certain way. And um, that's where I had to find myself, yes. where, where I fit in in the group and where I fit in in life, period. Um, with me, I... I, I I tend to um, judge myself a little harshly mm-hmm. uh, because of because of the difficulties I've had when as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, learning to love myself and learning to treat myself with respect and learning to treat others with the same respect, um, I think, has helped me. Um, progress in 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 a major way. Mm-hmm. In that major way has allowed me to look at a series that was very honest. I felt, and uh, and as you sat there, it was, there was a lot of reflection. I felt in this series, and mm-hmm. you know, I know I know there are varying moments of that reflection, but. Well, can you tell us a couple of moments in that reflection? Because it's like writing a book. And you know what I'm talking about, Lisa. You know, when you're writing a book, you start remembering things when they come back and go, what about, oh, I forgot to say this. Did you leave it all on the table, Bobby? Or you said, I should have added this. No, we left it all on the table. (laughs) (laughs) This became became very therapeutic for Uh me. Yes, yes. To get everything out and get the cobwebs out, and and be able to move forward with life on 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 my terms, you know, on on good terms, um, was everything for me. I also think that timing is everything, yes. you know, for us in our lives. And um, this was the perfect time for this documentary to be uh, uh, to come to light. Uh, it's been approached to us before, and we have considered doing it as well as the series. But timing is everything in life, you know. Um, obviously, uh, Bobby has gone through, our whole family has gone through quite a bit of um, loss and a lot of highs and some lows that are major. But it's really where you are and figuring out where you're going, right? And everything is not always for right now. You have to really know when the timing is aligned you. And I think for Bobby, like he mentioned, this was very therapeutic for all of our family and for him to express his emotions and touch upon things that, like you said, you may have forgotten, but then you're reminded <laughs> real quick and it takes you right back there, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I wish they had added, it was a very fun moment that Bobby and I had when it was at the Neighborhood Awards called the Hoodie Awards. It yeah, was in hoodies. Vegas. It was in Vegas. And we kept saying, like Steve Harvey said, man, you think Bobby going to jump on that car? I said, you know Bobby going to jump. Because we were at the front of the stage, there was a, a Ford car. That was our title sponsor. <laughs> our title sponsor. You know, and, and everybody, we've done this show for 16 years. Nobody's ever jumped on the car. Guess who jumped on the car? Bobby Brown. <laughs> Boy, the place lost their mind, Bobby. But that's how you were, man. You always took it. And this, and I'm, I'm smiling because I was laughing so hard at back. And then my sponsor, Ford, came up. They go, is he standing on our car? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crowd going crazy. And she said, yeah, that's that's good branding. That's good branding. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's that's what you that's that's who you are, man. You are a guy who pushes it to the edge, but still understands, respects that there's this is about entertainment, correct? Yes, it is. It's always about entertainment with me. Um that's that's what I've always dreamed. That's what I dreamed of <laughs> was being a, the greatest entertainer. Um, I watched people like Sammy Davis and Michael Jackson Absolutely. and Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. um, and and just made myself, you know, try to conform myself mm-hmm. into all three of those individuals, you know, um, and threw a little Rick James and and Prince in there with him, uh, but. Entertainment is everything for me, man. You know, um, 
I, I, I don't know where I'd be without it. <laughs> As as well as, I guess you could say a little hip gyration from Elvis Presley, because them hips, them hips were gyrating, brother. Yeah, yeah, that, that's <laughs> where I get from Elvis. <laughs> at least, don't lie. <laughs> he, he was gyrating. I, I, I was looking at this, and I said, this boy either going, he didn't break his back, he didn't break his hip, he didn't throw his shoulder out of whack, because you were just a gyrating fool, Bobby Brown. Listen, I can I can attest that it is something in the blood because our little son Cassius can shake his hips too. <laughs> so it's natural. You know, uh, you, you you toured with. Uh, there was a moment in the docuseries that talks about Rick James, where you were sitting on the side, and that kind of like, like I said, you 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 saw a guy who took it to the edge, who got left it on the stage, who 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 yes. was irreverent in in his reaction to what you thought of him. He's going to tell you what he thinks of himself, and then project it in his performances. What impact did Rick have on you? Because you mentioned his name earlier, Michael Jackson, and things like these impactful talents. But Rick James is particularly mentioned in the docu series. Yes, Rick James played a major part in my life just from being being a um a, a solid a solid cat. He was a solid, you know, individual that that taught me most of most of what I know about entertainment, about being on stage, about, you know, showmanship, about um being thankful for what I have, you mm-hmm. know, in the industry. Um he was just a really good mentor. Absolutely. And your thoughts on that, Alicia and Rick James? Yeah, I, I also feel that he was tra- um, very um, important in his transition from a boy band to a solo artist. That was very major. And that's when Bobby really owned the stage and owned that because he wanted to uh, be something different than what we knew him in New Edition, he really became Bobby Brown. You know, that was an important uh, time for him. And I know Rick James was um, very imperative at that time. And that's what we were talking about. We talk about the word balance, balance, well, finding who you are. But you're a young man. You, like I said, you, you got discovered and, you know, it was more important to win that $250 than getting a contract when you got discovered by Maurice Starr because that's the life, that's the, the poverty level or the lifestyle level that you were living at that time. Where's the, show me the money versus the opportunity. That was the right. balance. And then as you, you know, I, I love every time Ricky Bell was interviewed, he always called you Bob. Everybody else said Bobby. I know you as Bobby Brown. He called you Bob. Talk about the relationship that you have with those young men. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> as, as Ricky Bell always called you. <laughs> uh, the relationship that I have with my brothers is something so. so um, they are, they are, they're just there. You know, they're always there for me anytime I need them. They, they've been there. You know, through my ups and downs. You mm-hmm. know, they don't judge me. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, they, they're just solid. You know, they just they they believe in what I believe in, and that's the truth and honesty. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, they did judge you one time. That was in the Oakland, in Oakland, <laughs> Oakland. That's when all judge. Uh, Oakland. <laughs> Oakland was uh, was the show where. Uh, New edition went in different directions. But I think yeah. that when you're doing something, and I've been there too, team, is that, uh, you know, you're doing something, and it's, yeah, you're making money, but you're frustrated when you wake up in the morning. When you go to sleep, or you being we. I always tell people is that you can make money being somebody else, but when you fall <laughs> down, can you get up being that person that you are not? And I felt that that's what you were, that's what you were battling the whole time. Yes, you were blessed with an opportunity, but you could not be yourself. What was Correct. going through your mind? And I'm going to ask you that, Bobby. Then I want you to respond, Lisa, because you, you got to see it, because you was in the industry, and you got to see it, get to hear the rumors, and then the feedback on all this was going down. Talk to us right quick, Bobby. What was going through my mind was, you know, um, that I, I, needed to, I needed to release. I needed to release all of the, the things that I was feeling inside. You know, um, so me being a solo artist uh, really was was it was inevitable. You know, I I was supposed to be a solo artist in the beginning, 
but New Edition took me to the heights that I was I I, I that that got me through the door. Right. And, um, you know, becoming a solo artist was you know my main goal anyway. I think it's great that you'll see in the documentary as well. Uh, Johnny, I believe, and Ricky and Bobby are have uh, talking about exactly that when they were younger, right? And you know the things that were being told to them mm-hmm. to you know, make sure Bobby was kicked out of the group, basically, Mm -hmm. because it was going to harm them instead of embracing Bobby becoming an individual, because this was supposed to be, you know, just so tight, cookie cutter kind of tight. And Bobby was going through growing pains. He needed to express himself and he needed to do something different on stage. And we're just happy that he got the opportunity to do it. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Well, you know, the interesting thing about it is that, you know, I'm older than both of you two. So, uh, and that's a good thing because of the fact that I, I get to see life different in a mm-hmm. different set of eyes. And the new edition, when, they, when the Candy Girl came out, it, 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 it struck positive in my community because, you know, we didn't have, we had all these little white groups came out. And when y'all came out, man, it was like, Wow. You know, it really was a wow, Bobby. It really was. New Edition was a wow for the black community because of the fact that, you know, the Jackson Fives don't count. They don't count, you know. You know, but you guys were, were like me. I was a young black boy, a teenager, then moved into manhood. And seeing y'all talk and, 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 and react and move and dance and seeing other women that I want, want y'all, <laughs> that, was a, that, was, that was a lot to take in, but also I wanted to be, you know, because I grew up wanting to be Michael Jackson. Then I shifted and I wanted to be Bobby Brown. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, that's two totally different people. <laughs> you right. you turn on right. a different light switch for a lot of black teenagers and black grown men because we couldn't be Michael Jackson. But boy, I could be Bobby Brown. He dressed like me. He walked like me. He parted like me. He did things on stage that I wish I could do. The women were clamoring on him. You know, Michael Jackson wouldn't, he, you know, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't knew that he was just out there to perform. You really wanted every girl in that stadium to want you. That's a powerful pull, brother. And I thank you for that. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> but talk about that, man, because that was a charisma. That was like to say, that's a lot of work. I've been a performer as a stand-up com- comedian. I've been in front of 20,000 people. I know when you walk on stage, there's a responsibility when you say hello to you say good night. What do people take away from you? My takeaway was like, wow. What was your takeaway when you was out there? My takeaway was um, just loving loving every moment of it. I mean, every moment of it. Um, that, that, was, that was my... That was my that was my school. That was my home. That was my church. Right. That was my, that was my everything. Just being on stage and performing for people. Um, I, I I still get a big kick out of it. You know, um, it's still something that 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 just <laughs> just makes me boil inside. Right. 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 Um, people. Alicia, when I when I when I told you, when you hear my craziness, looking at this young man here, and uh, how he affected me, and and uh, what what are your thoughts? You know, because I'm I'm not I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that. Even people in the video in the docu series talk about celebrities talk about how you how they they they, they saw you. It was it was y'all out there performing, but they zeroed in on you and what you were doing, how you were performing, how you were interacting. Your point of view. I I think we should say that very clearly. You had a point of view. You were just fighting to have it heard. Absolutely. I agree 100% with what you said. I mean, obviously I witnessed and grew up with Bobby and New Edition as well, but Bobby always had that star fact that he 
came on that stage and demanded the attention, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that, you know, not everybody has. And he maximized that, you know, he took that to another level. I mean, you can't forget seeing a Bobby Brown concert without remembering coming out in his throne, (laughs) bringing the girls up on stage and really giving it to them and Uh really making this a show that you talked about forever. You know, you talked about it. We still talk about it, but that pure entertainment uh, gift that he has is wow. I agree with you. I mean, what you say about that? When he jumped on top of that Ford car. In Las Vegas, I went, wow, wow. You know, there was 19,000 people, you know what I'm saying? And he just did it, and I went, wow. And I, I said, you know, I, I knew it was going to happen, and that was a good thing because he gave me what I expected from him, which is maximum performance, maximum wow. And that's, yeah. that's the beauty of what I what I took away because there's some really nice moments in this biography. I, I think the most touching was the moment that you moments that you share with Usher. Talk about that. The moments with Usher, um, that was really special to me because he he he's he's one of the individuals in this entertainment field that I really respect. I really uh I, I think is doing a great job doing what he does best and that's entertain. Mm-hmm. Um he came to me when he was just a young, young, young boy. <laughs> yes, they show it too. <laughs> yeah, wanted to get out and and and, and do it. And um, I just just embraced him in my arms and and made sure that he he went the right directions as far as you know his career was concerned. Um, Usher's a really talented brother, and. Um, I'm just glad to know him as a friend. Well, you know, this show is filled with many celebrities. Of course, you know, Biv is in there. You know, he still got his tight T-shirt on showing the, the, the arms and everything. <laughs> you know, like he still hoop and throw down and everything. And, you know, Ricky Bell's in there. Of course, uh, Ralph Transvan and uh, Ronnie DeVoe. It, 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 it's just a group. Of, and then when you when you look at, the, you know, Key Sweat, that's my boy, Captain Sexy in there. You know, Usher, you know, Jermaine Dupri is in there, uh, Babyface, it's just a, and a lot of other professionals in the industry that, that commented positively about, you know, we all, you know, we all saw a part of history, Bobby, yeah. with you. And when you got the uh, Bobby Brown way in mm-hmm. Boston, Roxbury, that is probably to be out of the four episodes was a profound moment for me to see happen. Tell us about that energy because, you know, it was on tape, but it was a build-up to that moment. You know, the mayor was there for you. Yeah. Little black boy from Roxbury. Wasn't supposed to make it. Bipolar. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't supposed to be anywhere near there. Um, it was a, It was definitely a big surprise um, for me. Mm-hmm. Because we were just going to film. You know, we were just going to film Michael Bivens. <laughs> and... Um, all of a sudden, here's this, here's the mayor and all of these people out there to give me a street. I mean, it to for for me to have a street in Boston is 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 just amazing. I mean, knowing that I ran through all of them streets, yes, sir, with with uh, with some spunk. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know. Uh, and putting this all together, Alicia, you know, it's four episodes, you know, this it's called the beginning and then the career and then the, you know, then the Whitney relationship and then moving to the pain, the pain. I call it the pain episode. And when, when you talk about that, you know, you, you've, you've drawn, you pulled them out. You've helped them get out of that darkness, out of that pain, you know, and, you know, cause I've seen, you know, Bobby and I, you know, we've been around and I've, I, you know, because I was with Steve Harvey all the time and music and interviewed him. We sat in rooms together and he may not even remember, but I've always been there championing him and believing that there's a better opportunity. He just needs the right people around him. And you came in and you are that right person, that trust factor, that balance that we've been talking about this entire show. Talk about pulling him out of that darkness, those dark spaces. Yeah, you're absolutely going to be able to experience that in this uh, four-part series of 
you know, all the stuff Bobby's been through yes, as well as from his childhood and moving on and carrying it with you. You know, um, we don't stop and let that pain or work through that enough. That's how you come out of the darkness. I mean, a lot of prayer as well. Um, but yeah, it's been a journey to say the least. But, you know, when I knew Bob, Bobby, back when Bob. He, <laughs> Bob. <laughs> I knew Bobby. Ricky Bell, Bob. <laughs> in, in those younger years, and, and you'll get more of that as well in this docuseries. And so watching him grow and become a man and um, having the challenges and battles, you know, you just want someone to be solid by your side. And even if that's just your friend, you know, you have to be able to trust in something and someone or something bigger than yourself. And so, um, yeah, we have come through the fire and, you know, we see light and we are just living our lives with gratitude. It's just about really being still sometimes and Mm -hmm. just really living in gratitude of the now because if you live in the past it's just sometimes too overwhelming you know and you'll see the tools that we uh use to help ourselves absolutely absolutely now you have two projects here on the a and e network this is the biography bobby brown and then you have a reality Dr. Sears coming up, Bobby Brown, Every Little Step. Can you give us some little teasers about what that's going to be about? How many episodes you guys are going to tape? Can you give me just a little, drop some nuggets on me, Mr. Executive Producer? Come on, Bobby, be quiet. Let her talk. Let her talk, Bobby. Let me talk. Let her talk. Let her talk, brother. Do Come on, Lisa. Well, you know that this series is going to be a 12-episode series we're super excited about. You'll see the first episode right after the docu-series, um, a docu documentary, I'm sorry, on May 31st. So it'll continue now. It'll pick up basically where you see Bobby's life, right? With uh, myself and our children that live, uh, our three little ones that live with us. And you'll get um, some insight to the older children as well, which is nice, but how we live daily as a family. You know, there's not enough examples of a black family that have a mother and a father in the house. Mm -hmm. We just need to see more of this. You know, this is reality because we're just allowing you to see us as who we are. And you're going to see a lot of um, what Bobby does best, entertain, right? (laughs) His natural state. He's not on stage, but in our house, we act like it's stage all the time. We have kids that love to dance. Oh, he he won't say something, Lisa. He won't say something. Come on, Bobby. Come on, Bob. Come on, Bob. Come on. No, no, I don't have anything to say. Go ahead. I love him. I love him. You know, it's different for me in front of the camera, but I'll tell you that Bobby is as entertaining as ever. And Uh you guys just love it. It's endearing. It's uh, intimate. You know, it's Mm -hmm. uh, celebrated. And uh, we don't really... We don't really, uh, you know, say anything is off limits, really, yeah. basically. So um, it's it's a it's a PG, you know, it's a family oriented, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. something for everybody. Yes, sir. On the show. Well, I want to thank both of y'all. You know, again, uh, it's always a blessing when I talk to you two. You, you're, you're so charming, so honest. And the, doc, the four-part docuseries is a must-watch. It's a must-watch because it's compelling. It's honest. And also, you're part of history, brother. You really are. You're part of my life. You're part of every, uh, of Americana, pop culture, R&B, um, I, you know something, you know, I, I forgot we when you did um, uh, we worked together with Beyonce and remember you and Steve when you was on there. That's when I realized you could act with with, uh, with uh, Cooper Gooden Jr., Beyonce and Steve Hart. We did that movie together with you. I, this brother right here can act right here, y'all. I have yeah. known him a long time, a long time. And I uh, keep winning, brother. And you too. And you keep him where he's supposed to be balanced, Delicia. Because you're special as well. Thank y'all. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Sean. Cool. We hope to see you in person soon. Oh, you will? Come on, girl. I got to get some of that seasoning. Come on. I want to buy it. With, I want to sign it. My wife loved it, by the way. And I love you. Okay? We got, we got you some coming. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to see or hear this interview of, uh, on Money Making Conversation Masterclass, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am the host. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. Come here. Check the backseat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the backseat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024. And we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily minute of inspiration. I sat down with dancer and actor Sky Alvester Black. He shared how Debbie Allen pushed him into being an actor and what she saw in him. When I used to dance for Mariah Carey, um, Miss Allen was the artistic director and choreographer. And even before that, I had done some work with her. And she looked at me and she said, honey, you're an actor. I'm going to make you an actor. And I said, no, you're not. That's not me. She said, honey, you don't know who you are yet. And she was so right. From the beginning, she took me under her wing and she gave me parts in her stage play. It became this kind of like, oh, this is cool. But then with the training and everything like that, I started to find this kind of, I'll be honest, it became an obsession for me. You can listen to this full interview with Sky Alvester Black. It's available on moneymakingconversation.com. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Welcome to Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is inspiring people to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. People always talk about their purpose or gifts. If you have a gift, leave with your gifts and know that your friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dream. My next guest is truly a dreamer. She's there's a dream in every scoop. She is the executive chef, owner, and founder of Creamalicious Ice Cream. Creamalicious, if you don't know Creamalicious Ice Cream, has been in the news a lot lately in a very positive way. But also she wants to respond to some things that have been on social media. But more importantly, it's about trust. And she trusts and believes that you know, there's a sense of purpose in what she's doing in her life. I've invited her on Money Making Conversation Masterclass to tell her story, to get us updated. Welcome to the show, Executive Chef Liz Rogers. Hi, how are you? Are you looking good? Nice to see you. Thank you. Where, where are you based so in? What city are you based in? So I'm based here in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. And the whole brand of Cream Malicious, how did that get started? 
I'm an executive chef and restaurateur by trade. So uh, Cream Malicious actually uh, came from all the desserts that we made homemade inside the restaurant. And they were actually just turned into uh, ice cream desserts. So So when I hear things like slap your mama, you know, know, the pecan pie, the sweet potato pie, all these things are just Southern favorites. How did you manage to create... Really, you know, because some people have versions of this, but yours tastes a little bit different and a lot better than your competitors. How is that? I think it has a great deal to do with me being a chef. And uh, Cream Malicious is like Disney. We're the storytellers. Uh, each pint is is very authentic. It's about real times, real people. It's about family. Um, it's an extremely authentic brand. Uh, it really takes you back to childhood memories, uh, just when times were better, you know, uh, when we really didn't have a worry or a care in the world where we could be friends and and we can play until the streetlights come on. And, you know, just all of those, you know, going to church and coming home and, and having family dinners and and just waiting for the best part of the dinner, which would be the dessert. Dessert's always first and it's always the best and it's always the most exciting part about eating. So I think that um, we really stand out just because each each one of the pints, they they have a story right. um, that can really resonate with just, just an average person. Now, how did it all start? Because I know, you, you know right now you, you, your social media is blowing up. You know, there's a little controversy around the Walmart launching a, another ice cream called Juneteenth. But before we get into that, how did you get in the ice cream business? I got in the ice cream business uh, because I love I love food. I love desserts. I, I love sweets. So I'd rather eat sweets than 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 regular food. And um <laughs> just really from just owning my own restaurants and Mm -hmm. just uh, being innovative. I pride myself on being extremely innovative. Cream Malicious is more than a dessert. It's absolutely an experience. So we do take fresh baked pastries from the South, um, four generations of family-owned recipes, and we bake them in their entirety and they're combined in the pint. So I really wanted an Alamo pint, the best of both worlds. I didn't want the consumer to have to choose. They can have the best of both worlds and really really being innovative with the flavors and the brand names and where the actual dessert originated from. Uh, that was extremely important right. to me as well to, for it to be a conversation piece. Now, now your brand was out there doing well. You got picked up in a, other stores besides Walmart. You had Target. You in other stores that are competitors of Target and Walmart, but more importantly, Kroger's, you're in, that, you're in Kroger stores. I know I, I actually walked, I was walking down the ice cream aisle. I looked over to my right and I saw Cream Delicious. I said, wow, you're here too. So you're in a lot of, as they say, A-level brand stores, which is, which is, which is amazing for a new product. What is, what is your testimony or test a, a, a statement when I tell you you're in these high-level stores? And you know, also, if I'm missing any stores, please mention them because I don't want to upset any of your other clients. Yeah, we're we're um, we're in Walmart, of course. Uh, we're in Kroger. We're in Meyer. Uh, we're in Target, Jungle Gyms. We're we're all over the country. It's a national brand now, and uh, it's been a, a really amazing opportunity for Cream Malicious and the actual brand. We have. Um, it's not the easiest uh, being an African American woman and minority. Uh, ice cream manufacturer at any rate, you know, um, Cream Malicious is one of the first and only African-American ice cream manufacturers in mass production in the world today. So I really kind of set out to do this mostly because I understood that there was just definitely uh, a need. Right. There was this huge hole in the category I felt um, that's really overcome by these huge giants that's, you know, in the world that, you know, has been here since we were kids. And, you know, for me, I, you know, it's cheers to the underdog. I just want other entrepreneurs to understand that if they have a dream, they need to just go for their dream and not be afraid to take risk and, you know, follow your passion. And as you always say, lead with your gifts. And I really do believe in that. And I do, I do seek that uh, as much as possible to be an inspiration so that we can make room for other people to be on the shelves as well. But I also know that if opportunities do not come 
to you knocking on your door that it's time that we understand that we have to go out and we have to create our own opportunities. And to not be afraid to call up some of these retailers and say, hey, could you give me a shot? And if they say no, you got to keep trying. At the end of the day, all they can do is say no, but they may say yes. Absolutely. And then you have to be ready when they say yes. That's the whole key. You know, like I said, you can jump, but you better jump with a plan, better jump with a little money, and most importantly, jump with the product to be able to deliver. Now, there's a dream in every school, because you started mentioning about dreams and talking about people living their dream and reaching their dream and not being deterred when their dreams are being denied. Why do you say there's a dream in every scoop of Cream Delicious? You know, um, just having this ice cream on the shelf, it's its bigger than me, right? It's its so much bigger than me. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, there's this, this it's more than just a pint of ice cream for, for people to eat and enjoy. It's the accomplishment of, of just almost doing the impossible. You know, sometimes people don't believe in you. They can't see your vision. They don't understand what you're trying to do. And then everybody, you know, want, wants to be around and they want to be with you when you're winning, right? But nobody wants to to be on that bus when it's slowing down, everybody's jumping off. And then you just have everybody that wants to ride the bus when when it's going fast, you know, and, and, and there's opportunity and people can see that. And then there's this expiration date, right? So you're you're kind of racing against time and you have to really understand, you know, what it means to have hope. I mean, hope keeps us driven. It keeps us in the game. You know, you you feel like as long as you have hope, you feel like you can actually win. You know, once you lose hope, you're going to lose, you know. So I try really hard to make sure that I can provide what I need for myself and what I've set out to do because you only have one life. Now, you started becoming on uh, various people's radar at the top of the year, January. I started seeing people love free videos of your malicious on TikTok. And, and so it was, so you were kind of like a, I wouldn't say underground brand because you were in Target stories. You was, like you said, Myers and, and the Jungle Gym and, and then Walmart at the time. But then in January, it seems like the world discovered you. What impact did that have on your business? Because I think you went in Kroger's in March, correct? That's correct. Um, Kroger's uh, expanded the brand a lot more than what I thought they would. So that was great. And just trying to keep up with the demand for um, what's going on here, um, you know, just, just out here and being compared to, I mean, like, it's crazy because I'm like, right, on the shelf next to Ben and Jerry's and, and Haagen-Dazs and Nestle. So it's kind of unreal, you uh-huh. know, but it's happening. And, you know, it's it's not as easy to stay on the shelf. You know, we're looking for, you know, support. We're wanting to be acknowledged because we do have a very good product. I'm still learning. I'm still perfecting my product. I'm still learning what type of marketing to do. Um, sorting out the people that surround me, uh, building a stronger infrastructure, and just really understanding. People think that you you can't make any mistakes, like you're held to this really, really high standard, and you don't get an opportunity to mess up, you know? But the truth of the matter is, as a business owner, you're going to make a ton of mistakes. You're going to learn a lot of lessons, but that doesn't mean you have to live in your lessons. But I'm in control of the pen. You know, I've, I've decided that, I'm in control of my own headlines and my own destiny and my own future. And, you know, I write my own headlines now. So with Cream Malicious, there's so much that I'm learning um, in the con- consumer packaging goods. But I surround myself by a very knowledgeable team. And you can't do everything by yourself when you're when you're running a business. Cool. Now, Walmart, they put out an ice cream called Juneteenth. And it it was it was it was a it was bad for them because they got a lot of bad publicity, but in some ways it was good for you. Uh, very, very good. Talk about that yin and yang that was happening because suddenly, like in January, people found you for a different reason. Now, Walmart has apologized. Let's make sure everybody understands. Walmart has apologized for distributing the ice cream, and I, and I believe at this time they, they're removing the ice cream from the shelf. But I, this interview is about the impact or positivity that their fans have found you, how they've supported you. So talk about that whole Walmart experience, you know, from the social media, from the fans, and how they have rallied behind you on your social media and 
it's almost like if, if, if social media was a phone, your phone will be ringing off the hook. It has been ringing off the hook, actually. <laughs> there has been um, so many news outlets from across the country that want me to speak on this. And I pretty much had decided uh, how I was going to deliver my message and decided when I was going to answer to it and what climate I was going to be in. And of course, I trust you you know, with my life because you're fair and you're very, very much right here. Um, you're not, you're not biased. And it's, 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 it's kind of like, you don't go in and, and make assumptions about things and, and you think about things and, and, and I'm in a safe environment where I can deliver my story. And so I felt really good about how I'm delivering my story in the climate that I'm delivering it in today. So that's why I decided to do this one and only exclusive uh, interview with you. Uh, it, it was very hard because it was very scary because I wasn't really sure how this was going to affect my brand. Right. Um, I didn't know. You know, it could have went either way. And and even today, you don't know if you know you're going to upset someone or if someone's uh, going to you know is if there's going to be backlash or you just don't know. But all I know is today, I just have to be my authentic self. Um, and a businesswoman and understand exactly uh, what I'm dealing with right now. And it was a, a very unfortunate situation, but I think the blessing of it was all of the people out in the world that really supported me. I mean, like literally some of the posts really made me cry. I got thousands of messages, emails, letters, inboxes, uh, posts, just people just reaching out just really wanting to be supportive of this brand. It was just like, you know, cheers to the underdog because I am the underdog, right? And I'm I'm cool with that because it's what I know. It's all I know how to do is come back from it and basically stand my ground. But when you're yourself and when you're authentic and you stand by your brand and your name, that's all that really matters. And I, I wanted people to really understand that I never went through a diversity department in any of the retailers that I got involved with right. where Cream Malicious is being sold. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I did that for a reason because I wanted to be in the stores for my own merits, my hard work, the quality of my product. I didn't want a handout. I didn't want people to feel like, you know, they had to meet a quota or, you know, we're just going to give you a shot because you're black and we have to have an African-American or a minority or a black woman in, in the stores. Right. I wanted them to understand that my brand is just as good as anyone else's. I'm just not as big. I may not have all the resources. I may not uh, have all the capital that other brands have to really, really grow this brand. But every day I invest in myself by working hard and investing in my brand and making sure that my brand has what it needs to compete and be successful. And I just really compete with myself. So I feel like everybody that reached out, everybody that was on those posts and the shares and the likes and, and just how they stood up, you know, it just meant everything to me. And it really gave me everything to keep going. I'm talking to the executive chef, founder, owner of Cremalicious, uh, Liz Rogers. Liz, um, there are a lot of rumors I want to clear up right now. You know, first of all, first rumor out there is that the Juneteenth ice cream was a collaboration between Walmart and Creamalicious. Can you answer that? That's definitely a false rumor. Um, I never knew that Walmart was doing a Juneteenth ice cream. I've never given them any recipes. Uh, our recipes, our, our red velvet ice creams are totally different. I have chocolate chunks in my red velvet ice cream. Um, my recipes are formulated and proprietary uh, with food scientists that I personally work with to Creamalicious. So I had no idea what Walmart did or what they were doing. I'm not involved in anything that they do as it relates to the Great Value brand. So um, this was not a joint venture deal. Um, this was nothing to do with me. So their decisions are just that, and it has nothing to do with Cream Malicious. I'm speaking to Executive Chef Liz Rogers of Cream Malicious. Uh, another rumor is that uh, you're going to take your ice cream. You're so mad. You're so mad that you're going to take your ice cream off the shelves of Walmart. That is very false. Um, 
to be perfectly honest, um, I've had a very good relationship with Walmart for about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The category manager has always been extremely attentive to me. He's always watched out for me and really has been there, you know, personally. He's always done an amazing job um, as it relates to Cream Malicious and the growth of Cream Malicious. And he's expanded my brand three times. So that's not true. And I'm a businesswoman. You know, I can't just go around taking stuff off the shelf, um, whether I agree with things or not, you know, but it has nothing to do with the we'll business. We'll be right back with more Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now, when you talk about now the fan support, now that, that now that's what really puts a smile on your face. Like you talked about, while while the Juneteenth ice cream was on the shelf, fans were out there saying, "Hey, you got cream malicious on there. You should be supporting that one. You should. That's the ice cream. That that ice cream was fantastic." Now that's the part. As a brand, as an entrepreneur, that's all you want. All you want is for your customer to come to your rescue. And sometimes coming to the rescue is by buying your product. In this case, they were not only buying your product, but they were promoting your product. And that's why you're getting these calls all over the country. And Executive Chef Liz, this has to be, in some ways, a turning point for your brand because now it's putting it in a different lane of popularity, correct? It is. And and, uh, the ice cream is selling out all across the country and I'm trying to keep up with the demand. And now I have to find more investors. I got to find more. um, I just have to keep it moving. And the Mm -hmm. fan support was just absolutely amazing. But I want people to understand that, you know, we're going to continue to need support. We're going to continue to need support to grow and to bring more flavors and to bring uh, more to the to the category and to really make this a, a huge movement. You know, this is a really, really big deal. It's the only African-American ice cream in mass production in the world. That's really huge. I don't think people understand what this can mean, you know, that this could possibly bring about more entrepreneurs that want to get in the stores, not just in the ice cream category, but period. You know, there's so many, I'm looking at Instagram and there's so many amazing pastry lines and (laughs) coffees and creamer. There's so much that we can do and we can contribute to at this very moment. And we have to keep doing it. Uh, Even if you're not buying the pint, tell somebody about it dedicate, support, keep supporting. It shouldn't have an expiration date. We have to keep keep this going. Absolutely. Now, you said something that was important here now because sometimes uh, sudden popularity can cause a shift in the money that you have for the ice cream that you're trying to put on the shelf. Are you looking for investors or investors should contact you? Or we're not talking about everybody because you are a person trying to expand your brand. You know, when you go from 2,000 stores to 4,000 stores or 4,000 stores to 6,000 stores and 10,000 stores across the country, that is tied in for additional revenue to be able to make the ice cream. Tell everybody how that really works and how you feel about where you're going over the next couple of years with Cremalicious. I'm definitely looking for um, more investors, but I'm looking for the right investors. You know, right. I'm mm-hmm. very, all money's not good money. And I'm I'm really not in a situation where I can make any mistakes. You know, right now, um, I have to be extremely strategic. I have to think about uh, the people that I'm allowing to be in my circle. I have to understand uh, the investors that I currently have now, they're not multimillionaires, but they're well-to-do. They have families. And that's, I really love that. And, you know, because Cremalicious, it's a generational brand. It is a brand that's going to be around like Coke or Pepsi. It's, it's Disney stock. You know, I I remember reading a story where um, Walt Disney was trying to do partnerships or get loans from banks and everybody's turning them down. I've been in that situation. I've been turned down so much and just strung along and all the things that go with, with raising money, which is extremely discouraging. And then you meet these people that are just regular people, hardworking people, just like you that believe in you. And it grows from there. And I'm a, I'm a working owner. So as a CEO, I'm very hands-on. I'm, I'm very creative. I do a lot of product development for national companies that I'm, I'm working with now creating 
pints and I'm very good at um, product development. So that's really a huge wheelhouse of mine. And it, it has a lot to do with uh, being an executive chef. But at the same time, um, just going back to this experience that I've experienced the past week, um, yes, I'm an executive chef, but I don't cook with politics. Right. And so that's something that I don't want to have my brand involved in in any way, shape, shape, form or fashion. So that's a really big thing for me as well. So just finding the right people and um, making sure that I am affiliated with the right persons or person for my brand is is very key. Now, I, I watched on the other TV, I saw Martha Stewart do this, um, I guess, a, a flea market at a house. She was on TV. I see... Uh, you know, you know, Rachel Ray, she was cooking show, kind of like talk show. Or, you know, is that something in your future? You're very articulate. You, you know, you, you, you're a successful entrepreneur. Are you going to stay in the kitchen or are you looking or seeking opportunities to be in front of the camera as a motivator, as an actress, as a TV host? Talk to us. I definitely would hope to God that Tyler Perry caused me to be in a movie. <laughs> and I definitely <laughs> want my own show. Tyler Perry, you hear Tyler Perry? You won't tell me when you movie, Tyler Perry. <laughs> I um, I would love to have a story done on my life because my my journey, my life is very profound. Mm-hmm. Um, when I spoke earlier about the underdog. Um, losing everything, um, watching all of your dreams just be shattered into a million pieces. And you're watching, you know, all these pieces shattered, kind of like a puzzle. And here you are, you're, you're trying to figure out how do you put yourself back together? And it just starts with one piece at a time. And then you're taking these pieces, trying to make them fit and they don't fit into these pieces. And then you try another piece and you just keep going until you can finally understand what your purpose is and what you're doing. Um, my story is, is definitely a story of inspiration because, you know, you got to keep it moving. You know, even if, even if you fall, you got to get back up and it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal. So I'm hoping to be able to get a show and, um, be able to read the, meet the right people and definitely, um, get someone that understands that I, I do have talent and I do, uh, have a lot to give back as well. Well, I, I, I would say this. I'm, I'm looking at a person who's um, shining, a shining star. I say that because of the fact that uh, not only are you saying all the right things, but you're delivering them with a lot of honesty. And when, you, when, when something like this happens, because you had no control of it, and you had to respond, and you had to be you were frustrated, I'm sure. And um, now you're at a point in your life where you're flipping the scripts. You're turning into something that some people may deem as a negative. Some people may wilt. You're showing strength. Where's that strength coming from? And how can you encourage other people who face adversity to overcome the odds? My strength comes from my mom. You know, I watched my mother. um, She was a welder and I lost my mom several months ago. uh, Unexpected uh, cancer diagnosis. And it's been extremely hard, but she was very strong. She raised all four of us by herself. Uh, she worked as a welder, like I said. She was the only woman that worked at her her job. And um, I just remember her just coming home so tired. And we just we just never wanted for anything. We didn't have a lot, but, we, but she was very strong. And it was like nothing ever bothered her, you know. And then it, it wasn't until, you know, she got sick, I understood, you know, even though she was very hard on me, you know, it was like, you know, I ran track. I played in the Junior Cleveland Orchestra for four years. I write music. I, I do a lot. Um, I've, I've done a lot. Um, I didn't realize how much of an artist I was until I really got into the culinary arts. And with my mom, she's always wanted to own a restaurant. She was an amazing cook. And because she was a single parent, she got she never got an opportunity to do that. So I, I really feel like maybe I opened my restaurants and went on the path that I went on um, because of her, you know, um, so that she can live her dream through me. And so this is where we are today. And I just never saw um, anyone disrespect my mother. Um, she always fought for what she believed in. And that was extremely important to me. And I appreciate that to to this day. I didn't realize how much I would need her strength until some of the things started happening, like with the adversity 
in a lot of things that's going on today in the world that you don't think that you would have to deal with, but here, here you are. So how do you handle it? Well, my friend and my listeners and my viewers, I guess, I'm talking to executive chef Liz Rogers. She's the owner and founder of Cream Malicious. Juneteenth is coming up. And her ice cream is available. It's available at Walmart. It's available at Target. It's available at Kroger. It's available at Myers. It's available at Jungle Gym. More importantly, it's created by an incredible artist that I was uh, fortunate to have on my show to talk about, tell her story. But the story is not tied to negativity. It's tied to positivity. It's tied to uplift. And more importantly, it's tied to encouragement. Basically, when you buy her ice cream, when you taste her ice cream, know that you're participating in a dreamer. And her dreams is allowing you to know that you, too, can be successful. I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation Masterclass Executive Chef Liz Rogers. Thank you. You have a great day and live life deliciously. I appreciate you. If you want to hear or see this interview on Money Making Conversation Masterclass, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Always remember to lead with your gifts. Money Making Conversations Masterclass is a presentation of 3815 Media Incorporated. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation Masterclass with your daily Minute of Inspiration. I sat down with writer and director Reggie Rock Bitewood. He discussed the message behind the series Swagger, having confidence and living your dreams. The show's called Swagger. You know, obviously on the surface, that's like bravado and, and confidence. But really, underneath all of that, swagger is about having a cause bigger than yourself. Whether you your cause is your people, your family, your team, having that cause bigger than yourself um, really gives you that sense of purpose, that determination to move closer to your, your dreams and, and your calling. And I think that's why, you know, in Jace's journey, Jace's journey initially is himself. And as we go through the narrative, it, it, it expands as he expands. You can listen to this full interview with Reggie Rock Bitewood. It's available on moneymakingconversations.com.